Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, I'm Paulo Ferreira, and you are listening to The London Miss Blue. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the London is Blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans, by the fans, celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast presented by World Soccer Shop. Head on over to worldsoccershop.com for the Nike Chelsea jerseys release. They will be there and ready to go for you right away July 1. Back with me, as always, are both Dan and Nick. Gentlemen, it's been far too long. Hopefully, you know, Dan, you, you remember how we do this, this whole podcast thing. Yeah, I think we speak into a microphone for a little bit. We make jokes about the fact that Nick can't control his temper. Uh, I, I laugh. I make a witty comment. You mediate the contributions, and we do it for about 55 minutes and uh, call it a day. Yeah, I'm pissed that you said that, so just to clarify. Yeah, Brandon, you better hop in here, man. going to keep us two hotheads apart. It's about to get heated. Well, I mean, if anything, you can't get nearly as bad as Twitter is right now with the fact that Chelsea <laughs> refused to sign any player and are absolutely hanging out Antonio Conte to dry because you know what? If you can win the Premier League with this squad of players, you can do it again. Am I right? That's 100% accurate. I don't see a flaw in that logic at all. 
Yeah, we're going to line up with uh, toothpicks next season and see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we could try out, Dan. What do you think? Do you think that uh, I could be a winger? Yeah, you could go from a, a little Saturday football league to <laughs> starting for Chelsea next season under Conte. I don't think you would survive his workout regimen. Step one, buy cleats. Step two, buy shorts. So, like, I mean, once I'm done with those, I think I'm good. Showing up is uh, half the battle, gentlemen. <laughs> but I think everyone is here uh, because we're doing our now second annual Keep Sell Loan podcast. This is something you guys really, really enjoyed last season. We essentially go through Chelsea's first team and we give you our verdict. Should we keep this player? Should we sell them on? They have no more future at Chelsea. Or should we loan them out and get them that extra bit of development they need so they can come back ready to help the first team as you guys are probably aware um chelsea haven't made any signings haven't done any bit of loaning or anything so we thought this was a good time to get this out uh nick as we kind of set this up again we just want to focus on the first team to begin with and then we'll talk about some loan and academy players a little bit later as we go right as you know there are (laughs) damn near 40 some odd 42 43 uh loan players uh from last year so if we went through that list we'd be here all week dan and and frankly we just don't have that much time but we will touch on some of those players yeah we we like to give a good smattering of the the youth and loan army to ensure uh, that we're in touch with what's going on beneath that first level of conte's team I mean, unless you guys want to hear more about Danilo Pantic, uh, you know, I think we'll probably stick to uh, some uh, some more obvious names. I um, like that, it. That would be a name many people would like to hear about, especially <laughs> with your dulcet tones, Nick. That's right. All right. Well, I think we should go ahead and get a couple things out of the way. Unfortunately, Dan, we do have some confirmed player moves for Chelsea, but they are all leaving at this point. That's right. Outbound, out the door. Asmir Begovic goes to Bournemouth, joins the Cherries, gets a chance at the the starting job there. Dom Solanke goes from the third-choice striker on the champion of England, Chelsea, to Liverpool after not signing his contract extension with Chelsea and gets a chance to go off in the uh, Toulon tournament and then uh, John Terry obviously Captain Lear legend no longer a part of the team released by the club and Alex Davey defender also released by the club so you know, we haven't made too many outgoing moves either so uh, it's been really quiet but things happen underneath the surface with Chelsea always a lot going on that we don't know about but it is time to dive in so starting at the most important position on the field let's go ahead and kick it off with goalkeepers so nick thibault courtois has been the starter pretty much uh, since he came back obviously displaced petr check had some injuries season two and you know what he finally showed the potential that we all wanted to see out of him this past season keeps so alone on Chelsea's first team goalkeeper I'm going to be pretty controversial here um I I hear he's a good goalkeeper uh and you know I I think just has some some mental hurdles to overcome uh but I'm gonna keep him Brandon I know it's controversial to say that um I just think he has too much talent and and that's where I'm going to stick on this one. Dan? 
Uh, I definitely would keep and prioritize the contract extension of the wonderful Belgian shot blocker, as it were. Also a good penalty taker, too. Showed off those kicking skills last season in the preseason. So obviously Courtois is jet-setting around the southeastern United States right now, uh, most recently spotted in Vegas. I think uh, you know he might be spending that contract extension money already before he even gets it. Uh, number two in the books, a uh, bit of a promotion right now, Eduardo. Obviously another veteran goalkeeper that has made his rounds around the league, Dan. But again, I don't think anything too surprising here either. Third string all the way. Yeah, yeah we never called upon him last season other than to... You know, the games that we gave Courtois off put Eduardo on the bench to smile in a kit. Beyond that, he was not tasked with too much. Though our good friend Jake Cohen talked about the fact that Eduardo is really one of those individuals that's a total clubhouse guy, someone that's really good for the chemistry of the team, you know, brings a lot of uh, charisma and just stability to that union of goalkeepers and union of the squad. So yeah, definitely someone that's already actually renewed. Yep. Uh, actually, it was the first contract extension announced of the window. So uh, way to go, Chelsea, for <laughs> locking one up early. <laughs> Nailed it. Nah. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I mean, had it not been for the uh, previously mentioned extension, um, I think I would have, have uh, gotten rid of Eduardo. Great smile. I'm sure he's a very affable guy, but I uh, would have liked to see a youth uh, goalkeeper in that position. As as things stand, I mean, we're going to keep him, and that's just due to logistics. So, uh, number two until we sign uh, probably Willie Caliero from Manchester City. That's just an odd one because you know, we've typically gone after either homegrown or English backup keepers. And, you know, we kind of lose that with Begovic. And, uh, you know, Willie is definitely an awesome talent. But, uh, you know, odd little change in tactic for our squad. It's it's I think with him, it comes down to financials. I mean, you can sign him on a free, uh, you know, some of the goalkeepers that we've seen, you know, especially English keepers are are going from, you know, 15 to 30 million pounds. You know, I, I think we would all agree that we'd rather spend those savings on on higher um, priority options and maybe the midfield or maybe up top. So uh, if it comes down to financials, I'm good with it. But, uh, you know, again, I think you're, you're right, Dan, usually an English, uh, keeper would be, uh, well, filling that number two spot. Yeah. I think a lot of people were happy. It was not David Stockdale, which was a rumored name for quite some time after the two own goal situation when, uh, Norwich and Brighton played earlier this year. Couple years ago, Great backup option. Obviously, experienced with Man City. You know, had some pretty decent shifts. I mean, the, Mac, the fact you're getting someone with that much experience to come and back up Courtois. I mean, you're you're sitting pretty if we pull that off. Yeah, I mean, he, he also was incredible at Malaga for you know a number of years, and um, you know, I think he, you know, again on a free. Um, so you're really only just paying wages, and at that point, you know, I'm sure he's going to be really affordable. So. I have zero problem with Willie Caballero uh, as our number two goalkeeper. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and start with the starters in the center back position. So on the right side, Cesar Espilicueta. Um, you know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, Nick, and just assume that you're going to keep this guy as we've talked about him as a potential captain. I think if anything, it'll be where will he end up staying at center back or maybe challenging that right wing back spot? 
Yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting. Obviously, I think we're, you know, no surprise here. We're all keeping him, um, you know, because he's he's genuinely, I think, the most likable player on the team. My best friend, um, for sure. Yeah, besties. Um, love that guy. So uh, potential captain material, um, you know, should Gary Cahill um, not be on the pitch. And uh, I think, you know, more than likely to me with, with some of the rumors that are going around with center backs, uh, could end up on the right, uh, right wing back, or uh, playing right back in a in a four in a four uh, back set. So I, I don't I don't really know right now. It's kind of difficult to say, but we're, we're classifying him as a center back because that's where he played last year. Any other fill in stand that you know we didn't miss? Uh, you know, other than the fact that uh, rumor bid forty million pounds from one of the Spanish giants uh, rebuffed by Chelsea in order to keep Azpilicueta on the side, which is a sound decision and I think a clean sweep from the pod crew. Sure. All right, so David Luiz, obviously, essentially was kind of a a vocal captain on the field in absence of of JT, absolutely um, anchored the back line of the team this season. Uh, See any reason why we, you know, should, should not keep him, Dan? No, I think you look at what's happened this season or this past season. You know, Vanovich goes away. John Terry is no longer with Chelsea. The, the core uh, of Munich and you know, some of the stalwarts of our team have kind of faded away. And Luis you know, played at an extremely high level last season, you know, has made his way back into the Brazil national team. And you know, it's just a, I think, awesome reclamation story. But it, beyond all of that has become a complete footballer under Antonio Conte and went from the PlayStation player to just a a beast at center back this season. Uh, I can't see any reason that he won't be starting heading into next season. So that is a a strong K keep, especially if he can help out with signing maybe one or two additional Brazilian players from PSG. Uh, Juventus. Yeah. I mean, really, any any Brazilian um, would be would be fine, you know. Nick, what about Gary Cahill? Obviously, had a rough start to the season. Uh, was still the captain every time JT wasn't on the field. A lot of fans still think that Chelsea could do without him this season. Uh, where where do you stand on good old uh, Gary Cahill? Um, look, uh, there are a lot of things you can say about Gary Cahill. Um, you know, and and to those detractors, you know, I'm not going to tell you that you're. Uh, you know, dislike for some of his, you know, worst traits is not warranted. But as a complete footballer, Gary Cahill is a stand up guy. He does a really, really solid job. And even though his one on one defending is not the best part of his game, uh, he contributed eight goals last year, was the captain, led this team to a Premier League title. If you're telling me that you're going to find someone uh, better than Gary Cahill, who is not only a leader in the locker room, uh, but is is going to be a better option. I mean, go get him. Um, but there's no reason that Gary Cahill should not be a part of the squad. Absolutely keep him. Uh, you know, I think one of our more underrated performers from the um, from the formation switch on last year. But I think, Dan, that's what a lot of people are saying is we can do better than Gary Cahill or does his leadership quality kind of extend his value beyond just what he does with his feet and head on the pitch? 
Yeah, I mean, I think not not just the leadership. It's the fact that you know he scored more goals in the Premier League last season than Paul Pogba, and he's, you, know, you think about those funny little stats. This is pop up out of nowhere. That's a Gary Cahill goal, and what he adds sometimes from a maybe a pace piece, or you know he can kind of get caught out a little bit. Uh, he also plays the ball forward very well, finds himself in the great spot on set pieces, and, and really helps with some of the conversion there. So uh, I get the desire to hit the eject button, but I think you know he's relatively kind of inexpensive from a wage standpoint. You don't have to sign someone to replace him. And I think realistically, you, you know, if you look at areas on the pitch where you're going to need to invest at the highest level, uh, a lot of it's going to go up front. So there might be room for one, maybe two in that kind of back area, wing back and center back. And, you know, you, you might only get one big name if you kind of push at it. It's a uh, Benucci, whether it's a uh, Van Dyke since Liverpool has ended all attempts at signing him. And you know, that's, that's, that's going to be expensive. Does he potentially go out of rotation next season or go into being a backup? I think that's more likely, but I, I don't think you're going to see him make way off the squad completely. Uh, I think he'll, he'll start at least the season and then we'll go from there. Don't forget about Koulibaly back on the radar. Oh, God. I know, yeah, Na- right? Napoli, everyone's favorite club to work with. Oh, oh. yeah. Um, it is if you're Juventus. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're actually willing to pay that club? Oh, crap. There goes Higuain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, next one up. Uh, let's go Zuma just because he's been uh, in the first team a little bit longer. So, I mean, Nick, this is tough. I think he's... Obviously being courted in France for a return. <laughs> Keep sell loan on this guy. I mean, he's obviously a fan favorite. His nickname is Happy. We love seeing him in the locker room being successful. But I think this season we really saw a big difference between the level he's at and where the other guys are playing. Yeah. I, I mean, look, this is the product of, of essentially a full year off and... Uh, having to play catch up on fitness, having to play catch up on tactics, having to play, uh, you know, continuous, um, you know, not play sitting continuously on the bench all season, uh, not really getting a chance. And uh, the three back formation does not suit him. And I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Um, So I think his best chance to continue to be a Chelsea player is to go out on loan. Uh, I love this guy. Uh, again, he, he's in the he's in the category within Golo Conte and Cesar Azpilicueta for me as uh, you know my favorite players on the team, bar none. Uh, he's a fan favorite. He is he is everything that you want, except for some of the technical ability. And I think that is where maybe a loan to Italy or or, or a loan to Germany would do do him very very well. I'm not sure France is the option, Dan, and, and I, unless he's playing for you know PSG or Monaco or some a, a team that's playing at a high level, I just don't see the the real value for Chelsea in sending him out on loan uh, to to a lower level French team. Yeah, the rumor obviously Lyon is is probably the biggest one that's been out there as a potential for landing spot. You know, probably also abated by the idea that you know Bertrand Traore might find a home there too. I mean, loan is the guy needs minutes. You know, I think it's that's that's clear as day. And I think the challenge is going to be, you know, whether we play in a three or four back set. You know, if we 
playing a four back set, well, then you're going to need more than than five defenders hanging around your team. You're going to need to potentially have, you know, six or seven. So I would say alone if we stay in the back three, but I would say that, you know, if we go transition back to a back four, I think you'd want Zuma to stick around. So I, I think the loan that I, I have in mind is tentative upon what is Conte going to try to do heading into next season with our, our formation or maybe kind of the adaptability of the formation. Uh, if we could get a, and I know this is kind of uh, cheating, if we can get a buyback clause in on Zuma, I would sell him. I you think, do love your buyback I think clauses, you could don't make, you? Yeah, I mean, I think you make $10 million on him real quick, invest it now, and then buy him back. Oh, you, you make more than $10 million. Well, we got I him mean, for, we what, 15 yeah, we bought him for for twelve or fifteen, whatever that number was. I I think you could get twenty twenty two for a player of his quality. I mean, that's what Samuel and um, Titi went to Barcelona for last summer. I, I think you could get you know upwards of twenty to twenty five million um, pounds for a player of his quality with Premier League experience. Uh, the question is. No, I think this this might come up a few times tonight. Our buyback clause is real because there's some discrepancy out there, uh, Brandon, on that. Sure. All right. Well, I mean, I tell you what, if you can make, you know, 10, 12 million on a player, all of a sudden you get half of uh, what you need for Van Dyke. Things start to get tough. Uh, the issue, the issue there though, is is it's wage based too. It's not just about the fact that you're spending fifty million for Van Dyke. It's the fact that if he's looking for two hundred thousand pounds a week versus Zuma, who might be on a relatively inexpensive 000. fifty, sixty, seventy, that's one hundred and thirty thousand pounds of pliability you have in an area where maybe you need just a little bit more impact. And, and I don't know, like it's tough. It's a tough call to say we just want the upfront, you know bonus it's more about kind of what's the perpetual wage growth the club can create to sustain contracts of the 200 250 and, and not get into the situation arsenal has right now where ozil and sanchez want you know 250 300 and they don't want to give it to them so it's it's a stalemate like we have to find out how do we remain flexible as we get these new kind of commercial deals to to sign the talent we want and not just quickly kind of flip through uh, and really continue to use the loan system as long as we can uh, while players remain happy-ish in it. Uh, no Zuma pun intended. Well, I mean, too, when you when you think about it, like Chelsea doesn't need to sell him, right? Like Chelsea does not need the money right now. Um, they they don't, you know, he, he's a good player. You know, uh, some people will doubt his quality. I know that uh, Neil Barnett uh, at, at Chelsea uh, you know, kind of pointed him as the odd man out uh, when when we spoke to him at Stanford Bridge, uh, or right outside of Stanford Bridge when we were there. I mean, he's he's a guy who you know right now technically is just not where everybody else is. You don't need to sell him though. I mean, he, he's a guy who's still an asset on loan. A guy who even if he goes on loan for a year or two, is still young enough to come back and make a real impact. It's it's really just how how Chelsea perceive him as a future looking player at 23, four, five, that will be the determining factor. All right. Last one to round this one up is Nathan Ake. He's actually came out and said, he's really unsure of what he wants to do. Uh, A little worried about his playing time at Chelsea. So for me, I would say I would loan him out. And if he's unhappy with that, uh, I would just go ahead and sell him, Dan. Yeah, uh, I think Nathan Ake, super impressive in the opportunity. He did get a chance to play 
for Chelsea in this season. Really great loan spell in Bournemouth. Uh, definitely derailed a little bit of their season from a defensive standpoint when he left. Uh, I, I love for him to be another option. For, you know, again, I think it's do we play three at the back or fourth back? Three at the back. I think Christensen and external signing potentially push him a little bit deeper down the chopping block in that situation. I, w- I would get him out on a loan, but man, oh man, like it's, it's, that's a hard, like, you know, I, I, I love the keeps alone. I hate the keeps alone because he's one. I just want, I want to see succeed, especially with the way that he kind of pinged those passes over, uh, over Tottenham when we were playing in the, uh, yield FA cup semis. Nick, I mean, Real quick, Nick, like this is a guy who is a very he has a very high stock in the Premier League right now, and you could command a very good fee at this point. You could, I mean, because he's he's absolutely talented. I mean, the only knock on him is his physical size. Everything else he's good at. He's a great passer, he's good composure, uh, you know, he's physical for for his size, he's a great leaper. Uh, I think under Antonio Conte could develop into a legitimate um, either center back or, uh, um, you know, kind of a maybe a left back type of guy. Like there there are, you know, he has speed. He has recovery quickness. Like there are a lot of things you can say for him. I want to keep him. Um, And I think that he could legitimately this year, you know, assuming we don't sign a Virgil Van Dyke or someone of that ilk, which I think we will. But if if we don't, we kind of keep the back the way it is. He could legitimately challenge Cahill Christensen uh, for that number one spot, and I think we all know right now um, that Antonio Conte uh, runs a meritocracy. Like if you if you don't practice or if you don't play well, like he'll seriously look at you. And there were only a couple of Cahill performances that um, you know away from you know maybe not. Uh, having Cahill as a, a captain on the field uh, last year. So, I mean, I think we got legitimately close to that. And I think we saw that with John Terry not playing a majority of the games either. He just wasn't one of the three best options. So I, I am intrigued enough to want to keep him. I definitely see what you guys are saying by loaning him. Um, but, man, I think it'd be a horrible, horrible talent to waste. All right, let's go ahead and... Um... I think it's safe to say we probably want to keep both Alonzo and Moses just because they're the only ones at Chelsea that are proven in the wingback role. I mean, is that safe to say, Dan, if we just kind of combine them and say we want them, but man, we need depth. Yeah, yeah that that is the kind of perilous situation. I, I think we've you know probably all seen enough of uh, Pedro deputizing, as we put the deputizing, um, you know, and very perilous performances and, and obviously total team contribution there, but man, oh man, some, some depth and some depth that's going to challenge, you know, obviously the, the rumors around, you know, Juventus and Sandro and, and 60 or 70 million euros and, and what that's going to look Crazy like. Crazy money, man. Crazy like money to for get, a wing back. To get, but yeah, but to get someone who, who's 26, you would have for five years on a contract 
for probably on a, a very good wage. I mean, I, I feel like he's probably a 120, 130 thousand pound a week player like that. And, and really, you know, I think, uh, was it the photo of like, uh, someone like a Zach Galifianakis, like holding a pug and like both of them, like just smiling and laughing that Joe tweeds tweeted out when uh-huh. he, he talked about hazard and, and Sandro on the same side of the field. Like that is, that is scary. That that's what like teams who go up against Real Madrid and Barcelona, like they fear the depth of those lineups. And like, that is a scary idea. And to have someone like, you know, Alonzo who can, you know, be challenging to try to, to win a spot. Uh, that's only going to make him a better player. Same with Victor Moses, someone on that side to challenge him only makes him a better player. And then in turn, Chelsea's just a stronger squad because of it. Like the whole idea is not to just get rid of players because there's another one better, like get players that are going to make get your more. current players yeah. better. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, and I think we, Think about this position, you know, we're not guaranteed to play a three, four, three or three, five, two. I think it's, it's, you know, there are some out there who really think we're going to be playing a four, four, two next year, which I, you know, I, I can't really see. I just don't, I don't see how the math works there, but um, there's, there's something to be said that, you know, right now the wing back is, I think the most crucial position on the pitch for Chelsea. We desperately need depth and with, you know, upwards of 10 15 18 more games next year like yeah you can afford to rest wingbacks during midweek games which is almost unfathomable when you think about it last year the fact that only you know Moses only had a slight injury and Alonzo only had a slight injury last year um was a, a miracle in and of itself go get depth here and keep those two because they definitely deserve it after last year but you know, if you find someone better, they're going to have to work even harder to keep their spot. All right. And then last, the lonely Ola Aina, um, Nick. Poor just, guy. Yeah, real quick, <laughs> you know, thoughts on his future Chelsea real quick, and then we can go to mids. Uh, he needs to go out on loan. Uh, I would not be shocked if he doesn't ever end up uh, kind of playing a, a big role at Chelsea. I mean, he is a fantastic athlete. Um, just needs a lot of playing time and a lot of guidance under a manager who is going to give that to him. Uh, unfortunately, he just isn't going to be able to do that at Chelsea right now. So I'm, I'm wishing him the best. Uh, I'm glad he got a full year at Chelsea this year to kind of see how professionals do things and go out on loan, young man, and, and we'll figure it out later. Amen. All right, guys, so that wraps it up for our defenders. Uh, we're going to do a real quick break from World Soccer Shop, and then we're going to be back with the midfielders as promised. All right, here we go. Hey, Dan, we are two weeks away from uh, Chelsea's official Nike release. I know that everyone sees previews and and and, uh, and things like that online, but two weeks away. Uh, however, Chelsea right now on World Soccer Shop uh, have Adidas specials going like crazy, kind of close out uh, style prices. And we're going to have a video that World Soccer Shop's producing with with our favorite picks um, as as the Adidas contract winds down. Where can we find that stuff? Yeah, I think it's going to be on, on World Soccer Shop's uh, Facebook page, on their Instagram, and I think embedded maybe in, in some email blast communications, if, if I'm not mistaken, Nicholas. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's really cool to be able to collaborate with them on uh, kind of a, a London Blue Pod Chelsea gear special video. So excited about that! Take a look for that. Go get yourself some closeout deals. Maybe go get yourself a Frank Lampard kit or a John Terry kit, um, and uh, and and celebrate the legends and the champions at WorldSoccerShop.com. All right, guys, time for the midfielders. So essentially for us, we're just classifying the midfielders as everybody but our two strikers. So kicking it off right away, we have Sesc Fabregas, BFS with Leo Messi and Luis Suarez this summer. They've been hanging out quite a bit, guys. But to Dandre, real quick, kicking it off, uh, keep so lone on the magician himself. That That is a, a strong keep, Brandon. I think that they're... Very few players change the game. Fabregas does gives you the opportunity to play, you know, different dimensions. Really helps, you know, either as an amazing substitute or also can against teams that sit in help start to pick them apart starting a match. So I think his ability to be adaptable and to continue to challenge, uh, I think, makes that a slam dunk stay. Kind of some interesting quotes right at the end of the season, Nick. Uh, maybe he's unhappy. I think you've been pretty vocal with Diego Costing. If he's unhappy, you want him to go. Where do you stand with Fabregas? Yeah, so I think there was a difference uh, between being unhappy and being destructive. Um, you know, I think Diego's kind of, you know, we'll get to him in a second, but he's kind of written his own. Uh, book on what not to do um uh but sesk you know like i think his frustrations are understandable however um he's not going to get more athletic uh as he ages i think that's just kind of a, a scientific thing and uh you know his defensive qualities are still what they are i mean i think he got better this year i think that his passing was off the charts at times you know some of the best in the world i, w- I would put him up uh and uh, you know against the best in the world uh, for for what he is uh, capable of doing, especially delivery from set pieces and um, and you know those kind of long diagonal balls. I don't know if there's a better player in the world at that. Uh, he is just going to have to uh, be okay being an on and off starter. I think there are, there are a lot more matches for him to get a start this year than than maybe in previous uh, last year uh, went. But I want to keep him. I want him to assist the hell out of whoever's up top. And uh, and just keep writing the the um, the Chelsea legend uh, book that he he started writing a couple of years ago. We'll get into it a little bit later, but a three five two formation would wildly help him. Uh, at the same time, it would hurt Correct. Pedro and William. Uh, I think so. Uh, speaking of um, you know some attacking players, Charlie Musanda, Nick, uh, obviously someone who came back uh, you know in January to Chelsea, but unfortunately spent a lot of time injured. A ton of talent and promise with this guy. It seems like. Yeah, um, he stuck around. You know, after coming back from from loan in January, he stuck around and. Uh, you know, we, we never really saw him. We haven't seen him play um, for the first team. And I think that is probably just a sign of his maturity and his uh, growth that needs to happen. So a loan spell to me seems to be the right option. You know, maybe a France, maybe a Netherlands, um, you know, maybe in Italy, something like that, you know, where he can really 
show off. I mean, for for a flair player, uh, Braden and 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 Dan, I think he he needs to show off. Like wherever he goes next, he needs to express himself and and almost you know kind of like a Christensen, almost impressed to the point where the fa- the fans are calling for him to come back and 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 then the board kind of has to take a look at it and make a decision. I mean, the thing is, though, he, he sort of had that at Batesse until there was a little bit of a regime change there. So, you know, they, they they loved him in his kind of first first spell there. So I think it's going to be, you know, to your point, extremely incumbent upon him when the, the club and Masanda and, and his father, you know, he seems to be very, very involved uh, parent when it comes to his you know, son's choice and, and kind of his agency. I think they have to be very selective on a club that's going to play him, put him in some really great minutes. And, you know, ultimately, Chelsea player, not Chelsea player, puts him on an opportunity to shine and and, and show off what he was beginning to show off at uh, Real Batiste and just could not translate after regime change injury and return back to Chelsea. All right, next one. Eden Hazard, two things. We're all keeping him and he's injured. So I don't think there's a whole lot to say. Man, thank you, Roberto Martinez. First time and probably last time you'll ever say that. And it's, and never never said it before. Well, I don't know. I feel like I said that when we kind of beat Everton previously when he was in charge there. Yeah. I mean, look, part of, part of who Chelsea are this summer needs to factor in uh, time for Eden to get over the ankle injury. I mean, if you, you know, we haven't really had a chance to talk about his injury since we kind of went on summer break. But when you think about the ankle and, you know, kind of the low to the ground movements, twists, turns, flicks, all that stuff. I mean, for a guy uh, who is, is already kind of a lower, lower to the ground profile, uh, he, you know, that's a, a crucial, crucial ligament for him. Uh, and, a, and a joint for him. So uh, I think we need to factor in that he's probably not playing the first month of the Premier League season. Then we'll need some time to get back to full fitness. Uh, so whoever we sign this summer, we'll need to be able to kind of step in for him. Maybe William gets a shot. Maybe Pedro gets a shot over there. Um, we'll just kind of see. Maybe it's three five two. Who knows? I think the other thing to keep in mind is that when you look at the fixture list heading into the beginning part of the season, you know the second game of the season is a match against Tottenham Hotspur, a match that you would love to have Eden against you know in, uh, and that's the the middle middle to late August, and then the match after that is at Everton. You, know, you fast forward two more matches into the middle of September when you hope. Eden has kind of had a chance to recover and is at 80, 90, 100%. Uh, that's Arsenal. And, you know, at the end of September is Man City. So, like, there, there's a pretty good distribution of top four, top six teams in that initial run of games. And I think, I think great call out on the idea of what do we do to effectively back up Eden Hazard? Because there are games that, dude, currently... Um, you know, loans and new transfers in, notwithstanding, uh, had to carry the team. And, you know, there, there are times where the other 10 players on the pitch just don't show up in the way that he can. 
Yeah, again, so we're obviously keeping him. I don't think he'll be back in time for a lot of those matches, unfortunately. Good news, though, if it's just a bone break, uh, much, much easier to completely recover than a ligament tear. Uh, Okay, Kennedy. This should be a good one. Uh, Diego's little brother, essentially. Um, So before we get into Diego, Kennedy didn't really see him at all. I can understand maybe why Conte doesn't rate him that high because he's not a very structured player dan but that's also why he's so dynamic going forward that is putting it like lightly not structured (laughs) well you know i don't want to completely put the guy on blast but it is part of it dan yeah i i just i think when you think about the type of talent that we're trying to target for some of these you know wingback positions which i think a lot of people have gotten enthralled by this concept of Kennedy as a wing back and man he is a phenomenal player going forward but you know, his his defensive capabilities are not at the level he's got the pace but his defensive capabilities are not as strong as Alonzo and especially if you think about oh hey we also might spend 60 70 million euros on on Sandro he is he is falling down the chopping block quickly um you know especially if Diego's gone uh as much as his Instagram is pretty fun to watch uh you know I, I would let uh, another team worry about that and and push the sell button Nick obviously uh I don't think there's any future for him as a wing back but again he can attack yeah, I mean, I think that's why I'm more more on the loan side. I mean, I see what Dan says. Like, I, I think that yeah, you know, the biggest the biggest challenge for him is his own mental focus and and attitude. I mean, you know, there's something to be said for you know, it, you know, I don't want to just generalize an entire nation of people, but there is something to be said for the Brazilian kind of contingent and how they operate, you know, as it, you know, kind of goes with their cultural norms. I mean, I think a guy like David Luiz is one of the harder workers on the team and it's still just a little loosey goosey. Um, but Kennedy needs to have the work ethic and the flair for it to work. And, uh, from what we've heard uh, from a previous loan at Watford, that was not the case. Uh, I think the only reason I keep him in the loan bucket, Brandon, is because he does have that flair. He does have that attacking prowess. And if he's able to go, you know, much like I said about Charlie Masanda, if he's able to go out on loan and really just dial it up 10 notches and, and show people like, dude, I could be one of the best, then you have him on the book still and you're able to recall him and, and maybe it works out. All right, again, no need to spend time on this one. N'Golo Kante, every single award player of the year. Uh, We're going to keep him. We're going to continue to build around him, and he's going to learn how to pass forward and be great. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Correct. Uh, How about this one, though? Nathaniel Shalaba, someone, Dan, who Joe Tweeds obviously really, really likes. I think a lot of Chelsea players really like. He does well for his age at England level. Uh, Obviously, he is a fun personality on social media, but that's not always good enough for Chelsea. Where do you have him going into next season? Uh, I I think you, you don't spend a full season watching observing getting a chance to play some some bit pieces getting a chance to get subbed on occasionally and not be very high in the pecking order of of youth talent 
Um, you know, obviously if, uh, you know, Bakayoko comes in, I mean, that's not a, a like for like, I mean, you know, Chaloba's a little bit more, you know, attack minded, um, then, you know, Bakayoko is, and that's more of a, a Matic kind of swap in, swap out. But I, I think he's got to be someone who's capable of impressing and, and putting himself into a great situation this season to take all he's learned under a season of Conte and, actualize on it and i think that would be uh you know similar to ake and what he got a chance to do this season uh, a phenomenal success story so are you loaning him or keeping him i'm i'm keeping him i, okay. I want him to stay and i i think he will he will start to get minutes this season i want to keep him uh i desperately want to see him be one of the midfield two or three or whatever uh for for chelsea i am I'm convinced, though, Dan, at his age, he he needs to go and show out. Still, I mean, I I don't I don't want a guy his age to sit on the bench for you know half or three quarters of the season. Uh, I just I don't think he's going to progress as a player. You know, I think maybe a Premier League loan move could be on the cards. Maybe go down to Brighton. Uh, maybe go up to Newcastle or, or you know somewhere that. You know, could really use him where he could get consistent playing time at the Premier League level. Uh, I want to see him stay, and I would be happy to be wrong on this. Um, but I think, you know, his age and experience need to be playing in the Premier League every week or, or at least most of the time. It's going to be tough to see what happens with uh, Chalaba. Hopefully the U21 Euros continue... AK just continue. I hope England can make it past the group stage and he can get more time to shine. Nemanja Matic. Uh, wow. Talk about a roller coaster of seasons for this guy. Obviously, he came in in January, blew us away, Nick. And then the second season, him and some other people didn't do so great. But then he had some pretty good performances this season, but it wasn't always consistent. The Thunderbolt against Spurs in the FA Cup semifinals, probably his standout moment of the season. Um, there's obviously talks about Bakayoko coming in. Where do you stand with Modic at this point, knowing that we haven't signed anyone else, but are most likely going to? Yeah. I mean, just uh, you know, look, I, I don't want to put the guy down uh, because I feel like he has been through some stuff uh, and, and truly when he's on the field, I don't ever worry about him not giving 100 percent. You know, I feel like he's a guy uh, who has a very limited skill set, but that, you know, he, he excels at it. Um, he's a big body, strong occasionally has a thunderbolt in him um is a very you know for the most part an accurate passer although he kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of the year uh you know he he has quality and there's zero doubt about it he wouldn't have played for chelsea if he didn't have quality um i think that there's there's been a lot of smoke since the terrible 15 16 season that he just wasn't happy that he wanted to move on uh i you know last season or last summer conte had to convince him to stay to to fend off juventus interest there's a lot of smoke there and so again same with diego if he doesn't want to be at chelsea uh sell him uh get a hefty 40 million plus fee for him and 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 cut your losses thank him for his service dan i mean you know, Nick's ready to sell. Are you 
doubling down on that? No, I, I think it goes back to the the idea of you know you're Roman Abramovich, you know you you've got a really big toy in Chelsea, and you, you know you you've got a set right, and you want to keep every single piece of that set, and not only that, you want to start stealing pieces off of other kids' sets to put them into yours and have the best toy chest possible. And Manich is a player that would strengthen uh, many other sides, particularly if he stays in the, the Premier League. Uh, I think he is better as a uh, you know, rotational player for us and as a release valve option instead of potentially going to out and strengthening, even if he commands a 30, 40 million pound fee. Like, I, I don't. I, I think we're probably, you know, a, a year away from thinking about that. I think we need to kind of slowly transition him out and transition someone like a Chalaba or a Bakayoko in. Like, but I, again, I think it's about depth. You know, you, you, you bring Bakayoko in, but you sell Maddox. Like, the pool is still at the same level. Like, you didn't add any water to, to the pool. The pool is, is still a kiddie pool. You need it, you know, you want the six foot, you know, Olympic uh, swimming pool to be kind of playing around in. I think it'll be tough, though, because he almost left this last summer. And now this past season, while he did play most, you know, start most of the games, he was always the first one off for Fabregas. And I don't think he's always happy with that. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, uh, I, I like that you guys are flip-flop on that. And I think a lot of the Chelsea people are going to be flip-flop on that. Depth is important, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that's interested in playing a depth role. So we'll see how that goes. Think, but 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 here's the thing. It'll make him better. Like that, this is the same thing with, you know, the idea of like Alonso and Sandro. Like if, if they're on the same team, that is going to cause positive like competition. It makes Conte's job harder. And then ultimately, like the people who win are Chelsea and Chelsea fans by having a squad that's deep enough that it causes you know kind of a confusion for the manager because like, hey, I've got two or three great options versus, well, shit, like this is the starting 11 I have to field because they're kind of the best on paper I, and my depth is so low, I can't pick anyone and pull them up because they're going to be completely outclassed by what's going on across me. But players yeah. hate sitting. I, he's just not going to yeah. want to sit. And I don't know, Nick. It, what do you think? It, it's it's half personality, and it, you know that that's why. Like, you know, we we go back to goalkeeper. That's why I got like Lily Caballero is so important. You know, potentially for Chelsea, um, is because he knows he's he's not you know in a very limited position goalkeeper. He's not going to start every match. Doesn't mean he won't play, but it's you know it's a it's a role you have to accept. I will say this: uh, if if Nemanja Matic goes, Shalba stays, almost guaranteed. Uh, if you know if Shalba goes on loan, and and Matic you know doesn't want to be there, then you're signing two players in the midfield instead of one. And now I don't know how much fiscal sense that makes, but it would seem to me that they probably both aren't there. Um, you know, just for playing time and, and, you know, unless we go crazy on the formation and are comfortable, um, you know, keeping a bunch of midfielders lying around uh, for, you know, because you can only have so many on the squad. Um, that that would be the only thing that I would look at. So I think the most likely scenario, you know, maybe for, for myself would be that, uh, you know, I think Matic probably goes this summer and that Shalba probably comes in as, as the third or fourth midfield option. All right, next one up, we have Pedro, uh, probably Chelsea's most improved player. Uh, if you want to, you know, kind of label him as such, even though um, 
who knows if he'll have much of a position next season. Man, this formation change could really mess things up. Uh, Nick, Pedro, keep, sell, loan. Uh, keep. You know, I, I am I am so impressed with his uh, fortitude, uh, his perseverance, and, and just overall skill that he showed off this year uh, in the 3-4-3. I think he, he was a, a very, you know, a key player in this entire title run that Chelsea had, um, you know, definitely not a wing back, definitely a, a forward option. Uh, his role is not only dependent on formation, which, you know, God, you know, he, he really only fits a, a, a three, four, three or a four, three, three, uh, you know, in, in that kind of right uh, forward position. But, um, you know, I think it's also dependent on, on who Chelsea sign and, and, um, you know, kind of what the what the options look like for him. You know, he, he is a guy that I am in, uh, totally impressed with his work ethic, uh, a guy who improved dramatically. I think he may be a victim of formation and depth next year, unfortunately. But I'm still keeping him for depth. Dan, I'll just let you roll right into that. I think it's I mean, if we're maybe talking about selling Pedro, I mean, that's a that's a crazy universe. Yeah, it's a cra- crazy universe because we, you know, we spent a, a you know, a decent chunk of change on acquiring his services and I, I think he he stitched together a really you know, exceptional season in both the Premier League and FA Cup matches and and look, you, you want someone who knows what it's like to win on your roster, especially when you're trying to compete deep into the Champions League this year, too. So uh, I think he knows how to take a shot. He knows how to kick a ball from distance. He's not willing to or he's very willing to, to take a risk and a gamble. And, you know, there are a couple of players on a roster last season who, who you know wanted to basically just tap it in, pass the goalkeeper and pass it all the way in. So uh, a lot can be said about what Pedro offers and brings and the fact that you know, anyone who would think about getting rid of him would just be, you know, really just, you know, lost their marbles. Like I, that'd be ridiculous. All right. We'll clip that for later in case we need it. Um, without spending <laughs> too much time on Ruben Loftus cheek, like we can go ahead and talk about him a bit because I think this is interesting. Obviously, he was kind of Chelsea's youth golden boy because he's been there since he was eight. Shalaba, in my eyes, seems to have kind of stepped up in the pecking order. And I don't know, Dan. I mean, just kind of real quick. Do you think uh, Ruben will stay, that will loan him, or maybe even sell him? I think he's he's a prime prime loan candidate. You know, obviously had some some back issues that were causing him to not even be on the you know the reserves for you know certain matches. So uh, tough tough break for him. Like this was going to be the year that he was going to get the opportunity. You know, Conte spoke really positively about him. You know, being able to play midfield or striker in, in preseason last year. And, you know, it'd be great if he was, you know, an option to assert himself. It looked really good uh, later in the season when he had a couple of chances to, to pop in. But, man, like it's a very unfortunate timing for his injury this past year. But uh, I think alone getting 90 minutes week in, week out to really build up that stamina even further would be exceptional. Nick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I don't see him at Chelsea next year and and that's okay i mean he's still very young uh still has a 
you know, I think still just has a position problem and figuring out where he is supposed to play. Um, you know, uh, so, some some of us in America go uh, go on a European excursion, you know, after college to kind of figure out who and what we want to be. Um, I think he's probably going to have to do the same and uh, and come back to Chelsea, a stronger player for it. Uh, definitely alone for me. So it's going to be his gap year, is what you're yeah, saying. Definitely, I think he's uh, and and let's hope let's hope it's a, a very productive one too because he is at that crucial point, Dan, where I think he needs to uh, needs to show himself, needs to be able to show that he has the stamina to compete for all 90 minutes, and and has you know the finesse and goal scoring ability that I think we we all hope he has. Sure, hundred percent. All right. Uh, formerly known as Chelsea's Player of the Year, William. Obviously, a tough season for this guy, Nick. You know, had a lot of issues in his personal life. Uh, but really came back strong right at the end of the season, you know, when he finally kind of settled back down and and looked very comfortable. Uh, chipped in some great goals and some good productivity. Uh, a very, I think you'd say, an impactful sub. So, I mean, is that where you kind of see him going in next season? Is, you know, we've talked about depth being so important. Or do we even potentially sell him? I mean, I don't think a loan is an option for this kind of a player. Definitely not alone. Um, he is he's an impact sub next year um, for sure. Uh, we'll have a huge role to play, as we pointed out, with Eden Hazard's injury, uh, assuming we don't sign someone like a Bernadeschi or, or someone like that to just out and out replace uh, that position. So uh, in my mind, he's a guy that you keep. Uh, he's a guy that you hold in reserve at wing back because I feel I still feel like he could play that position. Uh, if if called upon and and he's a guy who from a free kick you know set piece standpoint is still pretty deadly he hates Tottenham and we hate Tottenham we need him for Derby Day he's gonna be there he's gonna get a goal uh, at at Wembley and and that's just the way it is Dan I, I love the 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 mid-season prediction form that you are in <laughs> in a what what ultimately builds down to a preseason podcast. So uh, well well done. I I am uh, aligned with you on the idea that we we keep him, and I think you know ultimately has the opportunity to challenge for for you know starting. I mean, I think Pedro would be the starter on, on the right right now over William, but you know one of them will probably have to shift to the left hand side. You know, just with what we have currently in our talent pool right now. Um, you know, until Hazard is healthy, and again, if we we sign someone, that might change the situation. But you know, look look for William to get some some starts here for the first part of the season. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode with the strikers. Of course, obviously, elephant in the room that we've been avoiding for the last fifty eight minutes is <laughs> Diego Costa. Now, I don't want to get into the saga. And who's right, who's wrong, the text message that we'll always know about. But I think that we can go ahead and just say it is what it is. We know the situation. Keep, sell, loan, Diego, Costa, Dan. Oh, I, I love how I got that one first. It's just like having to talk about the opposing team's goals. Um, Man... I mean, he's going to be sold at some point here. And 
I mean, it's it sucks. It's a crappy situation, and however it fell out and however it went down, I mean, obviously, you know, you you wouldn't trade the the title last season and the goals you contributed for what was going to be a, a world record offer from China. Um, but you you also hate the fact that you know you might only be able to get peanuts on on the dollar for him depending on what clubs are looking for him but uh, you, know, you need a, a top striker that's committed and his kind of engagement right now it seems to be at a a, a low point especially when uh you know, he, he's getting he's grandstanding more than uh bernie sanders at a, at a healthcare debate getting an yeah. opportunity to talk about <laughs> what's going on so uh yeah, really, really unfortunate and uh, kind of a, a bad ending to what was a really, really kind of fantastic uh, couple seasons. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I at this point, it's almost, you know, too crazy to, to say keep or loan. I think it's just the, the one option, and that's to sell him. Um, I think he'll go back to Atletico Madrid. I think it'll be a weird, long, drawn-out thing over the summer. Um but uh, you know, I, again, uh, this happens in sport. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to overemphasize that. You know, Diego. Uh, you know, I, I, I genuinely think Diego has done more for Chelsea uh, in the last three seasons than I would have anticipated when we signed him. Um, he, you know, was a warrior for us on the pitch. And and uh, you know an enemy to all, which is great to have on your team. Um, but he's a guy who just you know has has some interesting personality traits that it would be tough for a a uh, a guy like Antonio Conte to deal with for another three four years. So you know I think some of that stuff boiled over the summer, and we got to let it go. Um, you know it's unfortunate, but um, just keep building the team as Dan said. Keep building depth. Grab another striker. Maybe another, you know, maybe another striker after that, and uh, and we'll see what happens. But uh, to Diego, uh, fairly well. What doesn't start well apparently doesn't end well either. Uh, obviously, that leaves us with Mishi Batshuayi. Uh, Dan, I think he's obviously not just a Chelsea fan favorite. He's a football fan favorite. Scored a very important goal at West Brom at the end of the season. Um, he says that he wants to play and he and he is happy to fight for his place. Uh, but it sounds like there's definitely conversations going on behind the scenes about possible loan moves for him. What would you like to see happen with Mishi? Well, I, here's the thing: there there are loan offers out there for him. There are clubs who would be willing to to buy him and to start him as a, a striker and he has declined those for the opportunity to be a Chelsea forward and I think that said something you know we talk about the frustrations we have with Diego Costa and you know what he you know his mentality is right now and you know here's a guy on the opposite completely opposite end of the spectrum who, who's loving life who is excited for the opportunity and is willing to challenge and you know whether it's Murata or Lukaku Lewandowski, uh, you know whoever it is that we get as what you would classify as, as a top tier striker in world football um, 
man, like to have someone behind them to, to can learn from them and be a partner and to continue to grow that that's a younger player. That is, that is awesome. So I, I think he is a keep and, you know, you, you're still going to need at least one more striker to, you know, two strikers in total, but one more striker uh, after a top tier signing to, to round out our, our, our top attack. Nick, bring it on home with Mishi. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just dependent on the summer. I mean, if you go out and sign, you know, a couple of strikers, you could maybe loan him. Um, you know, I know that we said in our previous pod that if Diego goes, then he stays. So I'm kind of on the border here between loan and keep. Um, he obviously wants playing time, and, and right now it looks as if he'll have it in spades. Uh, so if that's the case, then you keep him. But uh, for his development purposes, I'm wondering if a loan is not the best option. Um you know, and, and, you know, I think we all know for, for most of the season, he wasn't the finished article. Uh, maybe that's changed and maybe he's killing it, uh, you know, in, in training now and figured out a way to please Antonio Conte. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little more skeptical on this one. I would love to see Mishi, but uh, there is a lot that is going to be discussed and decided around the striker front sooner than later. Uh, but that's it. That's our starting team keep so loan from or not our starting but the first team from this past season now while a lot of us kind of tended to agree with each other wasn't a whole lot of controversy um we did have some cells in there that maybe caught you guys by surprise but you know for the most part i think that uh chelsea want to keep the core of the team together so we wanted to go ahead and throw some loan slash academy players that we want to see in preseason, just in case maybe they do enough to impress like Victor Moses did last season and uh, might be an outside chance to join the team. As we talk about players like Chalaba, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Ola Ana, who were with the first team squad all season, didn't see that many minutes. If they're going out on loan, this might be a good opportunity for some of these players to move up that pecking order. So, Dan, let's go ahead, throw some names out there, players you at least just want to see in preseason. I think, you know, he's confirmed he's going to be there for preseason. Anders Christensen coming off the, the two years, one year too long loan to Borussia Mönchengladbach gets the opportunity to come back and impress Antonio Conte and company saving the club potentially 40 to 50 million pounds and becoming a first choice center back for the club. I'm super excited about him, Nick. What about you? Uh, yes, um, that is correct. Uh, I think he is uh, a really amazing candidate, either you know in, in a three-four-three or a um, you know a, a four-back set. You know, I think he can play on the left or on the right of a three, um, and has the passing to play the David Luiz role. But I think as long as Luiz is there, he's he's going to have to play on either side. So interesting summer for him. You know, we're, we're going to see, I mean, for, for most pundits, uh, Christensen is the uh, the acid test of the Chelsea loan program. You know, if he can come back and kill it, uh, then the loan program is officially a success. If he doesn't and is way off the pace and just doesn't have the technical ability that he should have received in Germany as far as that education goes, then um, I think, you know, Chelsea have some uh, looking in the mirror to do. So who is another one that you would like to bring in, Nick? So I I went uh, for, for my list. Uh, I, I went with some youth. Uh, and, and the first one is is a guy that Joe Tweeds 
turned us on to uh, way back in the uh, in the uh, fall, and that was Dujon Sterling, uh, a youth player who plays at right wing back uh, for the uh, for Jody Morris setup. Uh, the under 18s, they absolutely uh, throttled Man City to win. Um, uh, you know, just a bunch of things this year. Uh, you know, the title, the FA Cup. You know, everything. He is going to be a physical specimen. Could be the most athletic player that Chelsea have ever had. Uh, fast, commanding presence, great crosser of the ball, a leader. You know, as, as captained. Um, you know, lower level England side. So I think just a guy I would love to see, you know, I know he's not going to start uh, or anything like that, but I'd love to see him in, uh, in summer camp and uh, you know, really trying his uh, playing his try uh, playing his trade. Wow. Against uh, some of our first team guys. So I had Tammy Abraham in here, uh, but as I start to think about that, I don't know if that would be a great thing. If we know he's for sure going on loan it makes sense for him to get preseason in with that team. So I'm going to scratch Tammy and uh, I'll bring up uh, Pasalic. Uh, Dan and I both had him. He had a, a fairly good, you know, solid season at AC Milan. And I think that as long as we're not trying to loan him out again right away, uh, he would be one that I think it would be great to see in the midfield, especially helping Chelsea move the ball forward uh, and seeing kind of what he has to offer with uh, some more creative players around him. Yeah, he, he did score uh, five goals this last season yep. in 27 appearances. So, you know, he definitely... I kind of needs to, you know, the question mark is, you know, what, what would his fit in the midfield be? Uh, you know, I think that he, you know, is two footed, which is always a nice little benefit. You know, I think if you could even get him to partner with someone like a, a Lewis Baker and, and see maybe that combination in preseason, uh, those two kind of connected next to each other, that would be a really uh, fun little midfield pairing to try out. Yeah, well, it looks like you have Lewis Baker on your list as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see if we can bring him back and show uh, show off what he did at Vitesse. Yeah, I think a guy, another guy that I would really like to see back um, uh, would be Jeremy Boga. You know, I know that he had uh, a lone spell uh, in Spain and, and, you know, it was, uh, you know, kind of an odd year for him with some managerial changes and ownership changes at Granada. Uh, I really hope that, uh, he does get a chance to come back. I've been high on him since Lapad started uh, a few years back, and I hope he gets a chance to to come and, and show off his electric ability uh, for Antonio Conte this summer. All right, I'll steal one of yours, Nick. Ike Ugbo, dude, absolutely tore up everyone in front of him on the uh, youth team front. Uh, just, you know, kind of is mirroring the Tammy Abraham footsteps of performing way above the level of other players at, at that age. And so uh, it would be great to see him in preseason before he jumps off to loan. Uh, Dan, anyone else you want to wrap up with? Uh, you know, I, I would love to see, you know, uh, t- you know Tamori would be fun uh, to see him back. Uh, you know, but he obviously was kind of just hanging out with uh, the recently promoted uh, Brighton. Yeah, you know, so to kind of get him, you know, to see him, you know, what he's possible with, because ultimately, you know, now that these clubs are getting promoted, you know, that changes the limit on the amount of loanees that you know each club can send out. So, you know, you're gonna have to look at different opportunities for them. And you know, obviously, it was a a youth kind of player of the year last season. So definitely an opportunity to kind of evaluate some of that center back talent as well. 
Nick, what about you? I think the final one on my list would be, let's see, we haven't covered Clark Salter yet, have we? We have not, no. Yeah, so um, a guy who uh, was on loan uh, for for a brief period this this past season, Um, a guy who, you know, went to Bristol and then um, went on to Brighton, I believe. Yes, I think so. Almost dead serious. No worries. We'll, we'll, you know, yeah, kind of, so, we'll go with it. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah. He, so I think, a, you know, a guy who, you know, from any scouts perspective has all the physical tools to cut it in the Premier League and just needs to kind of refine some technical things to, to make it. So, um, you know, a guy who, you know, I think deserves to be back in that mix for sure. Awesome. Uh, he went uh, to Bristol Rovers on loan, but he did stay at Chelsea and played for the under-23 team for a period of time. Well, all right. Okay. Brighton yeah. was for Kyo Tamori. That's okay. Yep. Awesome Chelsea defenders just uh, currently permeating every level <laughs> of football across the world. Coming right. to a league near you uh, if they're not there already. All right. Well, I think that'll go ahead and do it like obviously great to be back gentlemen it's been a blast hanging out with you uh to all of our listeners it is great to be back in your podcast q i know you probably didn't agree with anything and with everything but that's okay email us tweet us facebook instagram you guys know the drill let us know what you think it is going to be an exciting summer but you know what chelsea fans we got to talk about who we have until the Nike deal kicks in July 1st and Chelsea announce signings. Uh, but that being said, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. Thank you again, Nick, Dan, for joining us. And uh, we will be making sure we cover as much of the transfers as they come in as humanly podcastable possible. Until next time, Chelsea fans, though, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>